you for listening to this podcast in which we'll discuss the 87th legislative session. I'm Diane Rhodes, TDA Senior Policy Manager, and the episode you're about to hear includes Public Affairs Director Jess Calvert and Council on Legislative, Governmental, and Regulatory Affairs Chair Dr. Matt Roberts. We recorded this episode in late 2020 before the start of the legislative session. As you listen to this episode of TDA Soundbite, we ask that you please bear in mind things are already heating up at the Texas Capitol. The 87th legislative session started on January 12th and will continue for the next 140 days. The House elected Representative Dade Phelan, a Republican out of Beaumont, to replace outgoing Speaker Dennis Bonin, who did not seek re-election. More than 1,600 bills have already been filed, and TDA's legislative team is tracking more than 60 bills that impact dentistry. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick appointed Senate committees, and Senator Lois Kolkhorst and Senator Charles Perry retained chair and vice chair of the Senate Health and Human Services Committee. Comptroller Hager issued the general revenue estimate, which is used by the legislature for state budgeting purposes. Texas has a $1 billion shortfall. The legislature will have approximately $112 billion available for the 2022-2023 biennium. This is a slight decrease from past sessions. Although the legislature is going to have to make some tough budget decisions, Comptroller Hager does not consider this outcome as bleak as the legislature faced in 2011. For the latest information as things are happening at the Capitol, please read our updates in the route found by logging into TDA.org, navigating to advocacy, and clicking legislative, then get rooted. Welcome TDA members and new listeners. It's been a while since we have been able to have a TDA Soundbite podcast, and we're very excited today to be able to offer you this one. My name is Diane Rhodes, and I'm Senior Policy Manager with the Texas Dental Association in the Legislative and Regulatory Affairs Department. Today, I have with me Dr. Matt Roberts, General Dentist from Crockett, Texas. Dr. Roberts has been a past TDA president and is a current member of the American Dental Association's Council on Government Affairs. This is Dr. Roberts' 17th year on the TDA's Council on Legislative, Regulatory, and Governmental Affairs, and this is his fourth year chairing the council. Also with us is Jess Calvert, TDA's Legislative and Regulatory Affairs Director. In this role, Jess serves as TDA's in-house legislative consultant. He oversees the day-to-day operations of the TDA's Department of Legislative and Regulatory and Governmental Affairs, which includes our policy area, my area, DINPAC, and our contract legislative consultants. Jess has a long history at the Texas Capitol, beginning his career as an analyst with the Legislative Budget Board. Jess has overseen TDA's legislative efforts since 2008. Today, we're going to talk with you about what to expect in the upcoming 87th legislative session. We all know that with the pandemic, things have changed in our daily lives and will definitely impact how business is going to be conducted at the Capitol starting in 2021. So without further ado, I'm going to open it up to Jess with the first question. Um, As I said before we got on the podcast, I read something this morning about some limits that could potentially be placed on the number of people in the Capitol. And I know that you've been involved in meetings where there's been discussion about how will the legislative process proceed. I believe that I read in the Texas Constitution or a reference to it that the Capitol, the legislative process is a public process, but it's really really hard to do that in this COVID environment. So what's the scene? What can dentists expect with this upcoming legislative session? Well, good question, Diane, and it's good to be with both you and Dr. Roberts today to, to talk through some of these important issues. And of course, to the TDA members listening as well, uh, we hope that this is informative and, and helpful in terms of, of the upcoming session. So I want to begin by saying that that your TDA team, your legislative team, is is here every day for you. We represent you during the session, of course, but equally important, uh, we represent you during the interim. And this interim has been extremely active and challenging because of the pandemic. So the 87th begins in January, 
And I guess like everything else in society, uh, the pandemic has definitely impacted uh, the way that the, the session is going to go. Now, how exactly? We, we're still not sure. Uh, the rules, both in the House and the Senate, are still being drafted. Uh, but for, there's going to be less face-to-face interactions. That, that's the bottom line. So uh, legislating is, is deeply social. And so in our world, that is going to impact us in regards to how we uh, work with lawmakers and staff. Uh, It probably means fewer hearings. It means fewer bills considered. So just about everything that normally occurs uh, during a session will be different. And that, of course, is is significant to TDA uh, and to all other stakeholders as well. So as usual, we have an aggressive agenda. And I think Dr. Roberts is going to highlight some of those things shortly. We also have bills that we want to pass. So with fewer hearings, fewer bills considered, uh, we're going to have to work harder than usual to get our priorities considered. Uh, Legislating again is social. Uh, The the 87th will be less social, and we'll have to contend with that and and overcome it. And Diane, I do want to mention as part of of what's going to impact us, uh, of course, the election uh, and how the the most recent election uh, impacted the Texas legislature. So both chambers, the House and the Senate, remain in Republican control. The House remains 83 Republican, 67 Democrats. The Senate lost one Republican, so that's going to be 18 Republicans and 13 Democrats. Uh, but in the House, where that's where the significance is going to be because the Speaker will change, and that impacts the entire chamber. The rules, the committee assignments, uh, the new chairs, all in the House is going to change the way TDA will have to work and, and contend with everything that goes with that change. So, you know, bottom line, Diane, challenges are normal. And we, we are used to dealing with challenges when it comes to uh, working with the legislature. This session is going to be far more challenging just because of the very nature of how the work is done, physical versus virtual. That goes from working with lawmakers on negotiating legislation uh, all the way to things such as Legislative Day, where we really count on members coming in, uh, TDA members coming in and and taking uh, the message to the Capitol with our priorities. Well, obviously, that can't happen uh, during the 87th. So, Everything that we typically do during session is so social and so physical, uh, and this session is going to be a virtual uh, exercise. So we're working to the election cycle was a really good experiment in terms of that because we we delivered support like we always do through DIMPAC to over 100 candidates and lawmakers. Most of those uh, deliveries were done virtually. So we have experience now with working with lawmakers and staff in a virtual environment. And I think we can really take some of those lessons and apply them to the 87th because that's going to be how the majority of the work is done. You brought up something that I had forgotten about, and I'm glad you mentioned in its legislative day. I think we should let our listeners know, you alluded to it, that it's going to be virtual. It is February the 17th. Are there any other details we can share right now with our listeners other than the fact that it will be virtual? Sure. You know, I, I think we're, we're still working on the agenda, but the design and, and hopefully the plan is going to be to take what we've done in the past and apply it just in a virtual setting. So take the uh, the format that is have some some keynote speakers come in and, and talk through uh, some of the important aspects, uh, whether, it's be, whether it be something happened in the Senate, the House, or even at the leadership executive or, or say the controller, have, have one of those individuals come in and talk to us a little bit about what they're seeing and what we can expect. And then for us to go through our agenda like we always do, and then hopefully open it up to questions. I, I think the biggest difference between what we typically do physically and, and what we're going to do virtually this time 
is again, we rely on TDA members going to the Capitol, taking the message, meeting with lawmakers and staff. Given this is going to be a virtual setting, we typically do that in one day, the physical aspect. I think we're going to need to to probably allow some flexibility for TDA members to touch base with lawmakers and staff over a period of time. Um, So say maybe a week or four or five days, just give time for those meetings to be set up because like all stakeholders, TDA is going to be lined up to meet virtually uh, with staff and lawmakers. And so just time and capacity on their end is going to be a little bit different than, than normal. So again, it's going to be unique. It's going to be challenging. But we do, of course, value Legislative Day and all that it brings in terms of influence. And we certainly want to, to replicate that just virtually instead of physically. Well, before I ask Dr. Roberts to to walk us through TDA's legislative agenda, I want to remind our listeners how TDA develops its policy. Resolutions come to our House of Delegates, which is typically held once a year, and the House of Delegates is the supreme governing authority of the TDA. And the House votes on various resolutions, and the outcome of those votes determines what the association proceeds with during a particular legislative session. So this is a very deliberate process by which TDA defines its policies and sets its legislative expectations that are then carried out by Jess and myself and the other members of the legislative team. So Dr. Roberts, now that our listeners have an understanding of how policy and legislative directives are developed, will you kind of walk us through what's the approved legislative agenda for the 87th? You bet, Diane. Thanks. Uh, and thanks for the opportunity to, to hopefully reach out to our members and uh, give them a little bit of a, of a primer or a background, if you will, on, on what we're going to try and accomplish during this next session. And I think to kind of follow up a little bit on what Jess said earlier, you know, the legislative session typically will have eight to 10,000 bills filed during each session. We've been told that we might expect to have around 4,000 bills filed this session and maybe at the top end, a 1,000 being heard. So as you can see, things are going to be changed dramatically. And we've also been told that that we're going to be focusing really on on two issues for each piece of legislation. It's budget uh, implications and is it COVID related? And so with that, we want to uh, you know assure our listeners uh, that we're going to be trying with the maximum effort, obviously, to take our legislative agenda, which I'm going to lay out in just a minute and get it passed. But it's going to be a very difficult session going forward. So I'd like to kind of think that we can put our legislative agenda this session into kind of three buckets. One is going to be a budget bucket uh, dealing with dollars. Another is going to be a teledentistry uh, bucket. And a third is going to be uh, an insurance and some insurance legislation that we're going to attempt to pass. So let's look at the dollar bucket first. You know, Medicaid dental is very important as a safety net for our our members and for the the patients that we serve in the state of Texas. We haven't been able to get a raise in Medicaid fees in quite some time. And when the uh, legislature tells you that there is a deficit in the billions, they're looking to cut anywhere that they can. So one of the things that we will continue to do this next session is try and uh, protect our Medicaid dollars and the fees, uh, realizing that that's going to be a difficult undertaking to do. And I would say and suggest that that our members not expect to see an increase in Medicaid fees this session. Certainly, we'll look for opportunities to do that. But if we can come out of this session and not be dramatically cut, I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Uh, Dental schools, we always work with the dental schools, especially when you start talking about their clinic operations and the dollars that fund their clinic operations for their treatment. We've worked with the coalition of the three dental schools. 
and we'll be a fourth one now uh, with the new school out in El Paso to try and help with their clinic ops. Again, this is going to be uh, something that we don't take the lead in. We will follow the lead of the dental schools and we'll see what they come up with and, and help them in any way that we can. Our state board. Obviously, our state board is very important for the rules and regulations aspect of the way we practice dentistry. We want it to be well-funded. I think our members want it to be well-funded. So we will work with them uh, to try and make sure that they are funded to the to the best that they can be. They have the proper staff in place and also the technology and equipment that they need to carry out their job. Dishes, the Texas Oral Health Infrastructure. Again, that's always another backstop for the most needy in our state. We look for ways that we can have dentists in leadership positions there. Also, to help with any kind of funding that might need to be done in regional areas to try and help meet the needs of some disparate parts of our community. And I guess last uh, is just a brief is the, the loan assistance program. I want to let our doctors know and members that are listening that we've always tried to fund a loan assistance program so that we could place dentists in underserved community areas and be able to have their loan Loan, uh, their dental school loans prepaid or repaid, I should say, by service. Uh, something that, that has happened this session is there is a law in the books that allows that to happen. It's never been funded for the past several sessions. And because it hadn't been funded, it was sunsetted. So we're going to have to try and work at some point in time to get a loan assistance program back on the books and work to get that funded. So that won't be something probably this session either because it has a dollar figure assigned to it. Uh, let's jump next into probably what I consider one of our main uh, legislative priorities for this session and that's teledentistry. As you may recall, we had a teledentistry bill last session that was passed through on the Senate side and came out of committee, uh, but we weren't able to get it through on the House side, and it was not passed on the House side, so it, it died. We're going to come back with the teledentistry bill this session. Uh, we're going to work with various authors and senators to make sure that we can get this teledentistry bill through. I think the main thing to know about that is we want to maintain the standards that are already on the books in dentistry, and we we want to try and make sure that there's no scope expansion that's uh, that, that comes about through that teledentistry bill. If we can do those two things, and I think we'll have something that the State Board of Dental Examiners will allow us to be able to, especially in pandemic times, treat and see patients virtually and do so in a timely manner and also maintain the standards of care. And thirdly, let's kind of take a look at two insurance issues that we're going to try and uh, see if we can't get past this session. Uh, many of you have reached out to us and talked about what we call silent PPOs or network leasing that's occurred where you have a contract with a PPO provider and that PPO provider will sell that contract to another entity without your knowledge and all of a sudden you're dealing with somebody that you didn't originally have a signed contract with and the terms and agreements may not be the same. And so we're going to work to try and see that there's some transparency there that you as a PPO contractor will be able to be notified and have a choice and chance to stay in that PPO or not uh, without having it sprung on you by surprise. And the other one is a, a retroactive denial where insurance companies are coming back and wanting reimbursement for fees that they paid you well past time limits that we think is fair. We're looking to try and get into law a process by which uh, insurance companies have only a certain amount of time to come back on you and request that fees be returned for something that uh, that you had no control over that you didn't know about. So we're going to work with the legislature to, to see if that can't be done. 
So really with that, Diane, uh, I'll let Jess jump in here. He may want to try and flesh out a little bit more, kind of the, the 30,000 foot level of what I've just explained, if you think that that would be helpful. Also, I want to tell our members to, to look at the October TDA journal. That really laid out in, in a great format, I think, what we're talking about today as far as our legislative agenda is concerned and, and some of the positions that we've taken. So with that, Diane, I'll turn it back over to you. Jess, is there anything that you'd like to add to Dr. Roberts' comments? Well, I, I think Dr. Roberts did a very good job at going, going through what you can see is a and here is a very aggressive agenda, like always. And if you take the the fact that uh, this session is going to be different in terms of of how it is uh, the operations of it, the procedure, you know, taking our aggressive agenda, which includes two issues on offense, passing a, a teledentistry bill that. Uh, really can be justified as a COVID response bill uh, in terms of you being able to see your patients uh, through technology and still apply the same standards that exist in a physical uh, environment. That's extremely important and that's something we're going to work extremely aggressively on. Insurance, always extremely important. And uh, I think everybody who deals with dental insurance knows that sometimes it's far too complicated and uh, in other cases, just flat out unfair. And we see the network leasing and the payment issue as, as something that, that needs to be corrected in order to be fair to you as the provider of services. The budget is going to be a really big deal, uh, as Dr. Roberts noted. Anytime that we're talking billions of dollars uh, that need to be cut to balance the books, and you look at a, an item like Medicaid Dental that's a roughly a $3 billion cost. That's big money. And sometimes the legislature can't help but go to where the money is. I mean, that's where they, they have to create the savings. So we're going to be extremely aggressive in, in defending those vital dollars to Medicaid Dental, to the dental schools, to the state board, to everything that the, the state funds that, that impacts oral health. We're, we're going to be there. And we've already started those conversations, not only on the budget side, but also on the, the teledentistry side. There are a lot of players in that world, and there's a lot of people who would like to use that subject and that opportunity to do things that they want to do. A little, some selfish intentions versus what we're intending to do, which is to hopefully treat patients through technology, which has been happening in medicine for now several years. So, it's going to be different. We've got a very aggressive agenda, and we're going to have to contend with the virtual reality of this portion of society, which now is filtering into the legislature. We are hearing, and I'll just touch, Diane, real quickly, that according to leadership, the end of session may be a little different than what the beginning of session is. And I think with what people are seeing in the news in terms of the vaccine and how it could affect and impact in a positive manner society as a whole, you know, that could that could impact how the session ends. But initially, it's going to be like we've talked about. It's going to be mainly virtual and we're going to have to, to figure out how to work in that world. And again, the, the election cycle was very beneficial and lessons learned on that end. You know, I think it's always important for our listeners to know that advocacy on their behalf is a year-round effort, especially on the dental board side, because rules are written continuously, whereas statutes are passed during, you know, only during the legislative session pieces. But you know, I think there's quite a bit that TDA did for its members uh, at the onset of COVID, in addition to all of the other types of legislative advocacy prep that we do during the interims uh, going into a session. So, Jess, what can you tell our members about uh, what work was done on their behalf in the interim? Absolutely. Well, 
again, this this cycle has been extremely unique, and it's it's always very active in the interim. You know, the legislature meets every two years for 140 days, so the rest of the time that is the cycle, as we call it, uh, there's a lot going on. There's always a lot of agency interaction. There's always a lot of agency work, whether it be the state board, whether it be HHSC, Department of Insurance, or the legislature working on the agenda for the next session. That's that's what we do. We're, we're here every day to represent you uh, and your patients in those arenas. So again, this cycle, uh, challenging, unique, and our focus during the shutdown and, and the lead up and follow up to the shutdown was number one to work with in this environment. It was mainly with the governor and, and his staff because through executive orders and leadership control and, and things that are in place, he really had the final say on how things went. And so that's where our focus was, was working directly with Governor Abbott and key members of his staff uh, to show that dental offices, dental practices could be open safely, uh, that dentists could treat patients safely. Yes, there are some still some PPE requirements that exist, but many of those protocols and safeguards that were initially in place have been lifted. And uh, we continue to work with the governor and the governor's staff to, to vocally show that dental practices can operate safely and the data reveals that too. So it was extremely active on the executive level, working directly with Governor Abbott and his staff uh, to show that, that again, dental practices could op- open and operate safely. I want to mention too DENPAC again, and I the, the, the importance of DENPAC and its overall impact to TDA and our legislative agenda and our priorities, that it really can't be overstated. And a lot of TDA members give to DENPAC. Uh, we need more. DENPAC, again, is really your first line of defense in terms of creating relationships and, and being involved in a process that is the legislature. So we were very active during the interim with DENPAC-related support, meeting with candidates and office holders uh, through DENPAC to, to give support support for the the, uh, campaign season. And again, if you're giving a DENPAC, thanks. And if you're not, please consider it. Uh, No amount is too small. uh, No amount is too big either. So we need your contributions. We need more members contributing. And just just like the the overall membership of the TDA, market share is power. Uh, Market share is representation. It's influence. And the power for the TDA to shape laws and policy really is driven by that market share and the number of members that we have. That's our strength. Uh, It's our status. So every member, every dentist benefits from the TDA's work. And and we certainly need every dentist. To those that are members, thank you very much. Uh, You're the reason we're able to do this stuff. To those that aren't, uh, we sure hope that you'll consider it. And uh, I think in terms of membership, it's sometimes hard to show a tangible value. But the the two weeks in May that y'all were opened early because of direct TDA action with Governor Abbott, that's a true tangible thing. And, you know, that's something, again, that would not have happened at least two weeks early that, that dental practices were opened because of the TDA's actions. So take that and please consider being a member because, again, the TDA's actions did open you a full two weeks early, uh, and that is a tangible benefit. Dr. Roberts, do you have any other closing messages you'd like to add on to Jess's comments for our members and our other listeners? Uh, yeah, I think I do, Diane. And, and I just I want to reemphasize to our members, uh, I, I can't tell you uh, how proud I am of the, of the TDA staff and thankful that I was able to p- play just a very small part in what your staff did to help us during this pandemic. You just do not realize uh, how they work tirelessly. 
around the clock at certain points in time to make the contacts to help you, the practicing dentist, get open and remain open and make sure that the powers to be know that dentistry is safe and can be practiced even during this pandemic. And again, the tag team with Jess on DENPAC, you know, election cycles come and go, legislators come and go, but you, the member, at some point in time, will have a, a personal relationship with that member of the Texas legislature or the Texas Senate. And it's important for you to uh, let us know that type of relationship that you have, because we want to call on you. We want to be able to have you help us uh, shape the Texas Dental Association policy, which again is set by the House of Delegates. Thank you for allowing me to be able to be the chairman of this great council. I've enjoyed it. Uh, this will be my third session that we're beginning. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to either me or Jess or Diane. So with that, Diane, thank you for the opportunity for me to, to be a part of this podcast and uh, we'll do it again sometime. Well, thanks to both of you for participating today. I think this is going to be a great segue for uh, members and new listeners to know what's coming up in the next legislative session. And hopefully we'll check back in with both of you as the session progresses and get an update from you both at a later time. Thank you. This is Leanne Johnson, Director of Member Services for TDA, and I just want to say thank you to all of our members. I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of TDA Soundbites. If you need more information on this subject, please feel free to email Diane, our Senior Policy Manager, at drhodes, D-R-H-O-D-E-S, at tda.org. If you're not currently a member but would like to join, visit tda.org and click on the Join Now button on our homepage or you can call 1-800-832-1145 and ask for anyone in the Member Services Department.